the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MNFootballShow on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another episode of the fabulous Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. To my virtual left in this Zoom session, we have Bridget McDowell. And right below me um, is Eric Silver Brenneman. How are you guys doing? Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> Doing all, all right. right. <laughs> You've got a doggo in the background, Rodrigo. I always have dogs in the background. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they like to be up here, you know, and be within, you know, that's, yeah. But oh, man, I, I say. <laughs> Which one? Oh, that's Rogie. Mm-hmm. Rogue. That's the Rogue dog. Anyways, let's jump in because there's there's a lot to go through here. Yeah, I don't. It's... We don't want to spend any time, or very much time, at least on this one that's a week old already. Um, Minnesota went to. Was this away or was home? I can't even remember. <laughs> the Colorado game that was home. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, brutal. <laughs> right. So Minnesota played Colorado at home. Three-one um, Rapids is the final. Oh, boy, it started out good with an early goal with, with Hunu. Uh, a great uh, Reynoso mo- moving the ball through, getting chopped down and hacked per usual, and he gets it to Fragapane in space that passes it back uh, kind of the top of the key, and Hunu's just waiting for the one time. Awesome. Great goal, great movement, great everything, and I don't know, downhill from there, what can you say? Um, they basically go into halftime up, one nil and i guess this is maybe a point where we can mention um cal saying it's a sold out allianz field that's right um when clearly uh as we had mentioned on the program there was a a person what do we want to call it a a physical boycott through the different supporters groups due to the lack of the uh, vaccine negative test or mask mandate and so maybe by tickets and things like that. Yes, it was sold out by, but by human presence, <laughs> it was definitely yeah. not. But and it, was it wasn't dead. Yeah. I mean, the well, Wonder Wall was quiet. Go ahead, Bridget. Yeah. So this this entire season, um, they've been announcing attendance prior to uh, prior to the gate, just based off of tickets sold. So almost every single game, you're going to hear them say sold out, even prior. I mean, prior to the boycott, that's how they were selling it as well. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, I mean, they but used it, to not announce attendance until after halftime once everyone was through the gate. And that's the mm-hmm. number that they used. But they no longer use that gate number. Yeah. It, it, it was just hilarious. Just the, uh, the I don't know what you want to call it, the gaslighting or the lack of self-awareness to call it a sellout. And then it just being so quiet with no drums through Thunderwall with probably at least a third of Wonderwall gone and then just empty seats all throughout too in general I mean it was I I, I can't say that necessarily it was a success it's probably a little too early but if if I'm one of those CEOs and I'm watching that on TV I'd be mad embarrassed because it looked bad um I mean I I blame I blame Mayor's Cup everyone came out for Mayor's Cup (laughs) everyone couldn't handle more soccer within the weekend you know we're sorry Como Park, uh, Como Park. Yeah, just that's, a little that's too a much. Hashtag, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, you know, we brought out the mayor. The for the week on that's Friday. Right. Yep. So do you know what? Right. You know, and they were masked too, so that was great. You know, like we yes, were masked, yeah. so yeah. yeah. So, so that's one of those things. So yeah. So it's one of those, you know. Whoop well, de doo, we did it. So whoop de doo. Well, from here, friends, it just kind of the the train goes off the rails. Um, Miller gets the uh, the takedown clearly and sets up a, a PK via, 
through VAR. So they get one back, tie it up. Um, where does the actual, where's the actual uh, red card? Where's that go down? I don't even remember. Well, at some point, Colorado, where is it? I thought I wrote it down here. It was uh, like the 60th. And when they sub everybody in and then they scored like three goals unanswered. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to is where it actually happens. Like They had like 25 to 30 minutes to play. Okay. Uh, I have match so they, center. Give me, give yeah, me so they go down a man and <laughs> what can you say with this team? It's, it's pretty remarkable that when Minnesota United is, is a man up, player up, um, they are two ties and now a loss, which is just an amazing and sad and pathetic statistic in not just the MLS, but I think world football in general, that's a thing. So yeah, after the PK, they get, uh, they had another break, uh, get a second one. To Lewis, I believe it was just smokes Casper, a uh, Casper. <laughs> Let's call him Casper. Casper and Coleman. That's right. Um, and then the last one at the very end, uh, Miller just goes way, way out past his line. And so it just smokes him right by for an open goal. Um, complete collapse, complete capitulation. I mean, it was it was really hard. And I, I even talked to uh, a friend yesterday who was who was there. And he's like, this is the worst loss I've even seen, even compared to uh, the uh, TCF days. I was like, yeah, that's fair. Really? Like, I thought the... Atlanta game was horrible. The first Snowmageddon soccer game and yeah, five one. I mean, I I that that didn't I mean, that, one, that one wasn't really a surprise though. Like right, yeah, I didn't <laughs> necessarily expect to win that. Right, one. right. Um, well, I mean, it's it's been looming. Like every time we are man up, like we seem to like want to give away the game, and at, and at times we sort of do by having let them tie or we just walk away with a point. And I get it, a point's a point, but like. It's just, um, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a, it's a mental thing as well too. Like, oh, it's absolutely. I think that's exactly what it is. It's a psychological. It's a psychological thing now. It's like, now they. The the red card was in the fifty seventh minute, and then the goals start coming in the seventy third with the PK that Cole Bassett threw. Barrios gets the second in the 84th, and then Estevez in 90 plus three. Uh, yeah, it, it was essentially them like deciding to kind of park the bus against this um, short side, and Colorado just threw in the high press and made made it work. So, I mean, Colorado is if um, if Robin doesn't win coach um, of the year, I. I don't know. Like, that's my vote. Like, I don't, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because that's just the way he's turned the team around and, you know, have new internationals that signed up, you know, like, you know, the trades and everything. I mean, like, dear Lord, it's just. I think it's going to be tough against Bruce Arena and all the points they're accumulating, though, bud. I, I, I'm with you. I don't disagree. I just, I know how those people vote. It's going to be tough. Yeah, um, I guess I mean Bruce 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 is a point, but like at the same time, it's like what is what is more impressive? What Bruce Arena is doing in New England or what what, what Frazier is doing in Colorado? I yeah. would say Colorado. The turnaround is definitely I mean, they didn't get these three goals by accident. Right. Exactly. I mean one of them was a PK, so let's say the two. Those were definitely not um it wasn't all on Minnesota, like we just absolutely failed and let them score. Like they they worked them and earned those two goals. They did. Yeah. They did. Well, and, well and- this is probably Miller's not the best game either. So I mean, that well, PK no. was was he 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 had he could have he he could have reacted better in the aspect of that. Like if you're gonna take him out, take him out, right? Or if you're gonna swat at the ball, swat at the ball. But you take him out, you take Barrios out. You know that's. That's sad. The other thing, too, that bugged me about this game is, like, every time, no matter where Barrio has played, like, he always seems to burn us. Yeah. And he would figure when he was a free agent or, like, you know, he's a veteran, you, you know, if you can't beat them, make him join you, right? Why didn't we we pick up Barrios in that sense? It's like, he's such a great second-half person sub. It'd be like having two Ethan Finleys in a sense. 
and Colin Warner played better for Colorado. Right. He looked great. And, he <laughs> still, and he's still doing it. I mean, they, yep. they tore up. Who, who did they play yesterday? Another one of the teams that he used to play for. And he tore him up again. So Minnesota United legend, Colin Warner. <laughs> I mean, where, where was this guy like two years ago? But, uh, amazing. Um, I mean, we, three. Go ahead. I'm also just going to point out that Minnesota tends to play better down a man as well. So, so it's, it's not necessarily us just like completely folding, although we certainly did. Um, but yeah, I two mean, ties, one loss is, is that, pretty bad. Well, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that this was good by any stretch. Yeah. Um I'm just saying that there's a there's kind of a mental battle that goes on when you're down a man mm-hmm. and you get results like Colorado did with this match. Uh Chris I I'm going to bring it up again. Christian's goal against the against Cosmos was down a man. They've Minnesota's always played better down than they have up. Um and it's I mean, it's not just, I, I'm definitely going to blame Keith for the tactics on this one, but it hasn't just been Keith. There's, so there's a certain mindset there. Um, but yeah, the game sucked. So The game sucked. And, it's, and three goals being a man down uh, is an MLS record. So once again, <laughs> setting Woo-hoo! all the wrong records. <laughs> we, we did it. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait till uh, next year when we put that as a TFO, right? Uh, oh, right. honestly. I mean, let, before we move on, I, I guess let me just ask, like, because we we, t- we kind of touched on it. I mean, this is there, there's something uh, in the psyche and in, in the mental game with with this team, and I mean, it's it's easy to pick on Heath, um, and I'm sure that's a part of it. But I think within the players too, there's there's something going on there, and it's very concerning. And it. It's been fairly evident in all points of greeters articles the last week or so uh, going into whether Heath is going to take responsibility, whether the players are going to take full responsibility. Um, and you've had disagreement between the players. Ethan has said, you know, we're not going to, um, it is on us. We're not going to look at every game as a playoff game, though each each one is a battle. Each one is its own thing. Miller said it was absolutely like, it's not a huge deal. Like we don't need to play each game. Like it's a final because there's still time. Um, and we're still in a good position. And then you have other players saying, yeah, it's, you know, we, we need to charge ahead. We need to, you know, play every game. Like it's a final They So none of them can even agree on, uh, uh, you know where where they should be mentally in terms of looking at the next five yeah games. it's kind of like pr 101 huh yeah and i mean heath is keith isn't going to take any responsibility for it you're not also not going to uh you're not going to hear the players say you know he he made the mistakes rather than rather than the squad but there were some illusions to well you know we we talked about one thing and and it went a different way. And um, it's just been really interesting to look at how, I mean, Ethan has said publicly that there is no identity. Uh, and that, <laughs> I remember that, that yeah. there's like nothing approaching an identity. And then to see some of the, some of the comments that each of these players are making um, that really uh, contrasts with what Heath is saying and what their, what their teammates are saying. If, if they're not looking at each game the same way, you're going to see results like Colorado. Right. Like, hey, we, we don't necessarily need to battle for this one point. We can get three uh, away next week. We can get three away or at home in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then you have some who, you know, think that you need every single point. So yeah, it's it's been interesting just in terms of uh, perspective from mm-hmm. each of the players. The- and that speaks on leadership, not only coming from yeah, the manager, but also from the players, right? I mean, like, you know, Boxer's a leader, Oski's a leader, but when when you it's like it's like quicksand. You guys ever watch the the uh, movie with Keanu Reeves as your football player? It's called The Replacements. Mm-hmm. 
There's a whole scene where, like, they ask him about, like, what's their fears on their field, right? And then Keanu Reeves stoically says, quicksand, right? And when he says quicksand, could you explain that? He's like, well, you do one thing, and it goes wrong. And then another. And another. And another. Until you're way over your head. Like quicksand. Rodrigo method acting over here. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) And that's it. I mean, that's literally uh, what it is. It's like this is this is exactly what that is. One thing goes wrong, then then like your mentality is totally, you know, we're like, oh, we've been here before. It's going to go bad, and then you will it to existence, right? And it does happen. You well, know? let's and, let's uh, leave it there. We got another one to talk about, but uh, yeah, not good. Um, let's talk about the USL Super League. They have a uh, executive now, executive president Amanda Vendervoort. Um, going to be running the second division women's pro soccer league starting next nope in 2023 2023 do either of you know um more about this individual people seem pretty excited about her unfortunately i don't i don't okay. i mean i think it's I, I i think it's interesting that the usl first like did the u.s women's league right and now this is another um usl super league i'm like so i don't like I don't, I understand them trying to like build up leagues and get people excited, but like, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make so much sense as created another league when you have another one that should be a direct feeder to NWSL or whatever. And now we have another league. So we'll see. I mean, it money makers will do whatever they want in order to, to create more money or revenue. So I, I think some of it is, um, in light of all of the issues with the NWSL that are kind of just forming an alternate, kind of an alternate route. Um, Because there is, yeah, there is that major gap between uh, amateur women and, and the NWSL. So having another, another uh, channel to work through is good. Um, Adding some competition is good. Obviously we, you know, you need to see how you actually run uh, one league before you really get into another. So uh, it's, it's good that they're, you know, this isn't starting until the next year. So they've got a, a good run with with the W League and then going into this, um, this other second division. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how the landscape changes in the next year or two. Things have changed a lot in the last few years. Right. Yeah, it's well said. Um, I, I like the point you made about uh, <laughs> just seeing the way things are going in NWSL was probably a, a very keen and smart kind of move to be like, you know what? Let's let's drop this right about now. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen quite a few, a few notes from people who know a bit more about the NWSL than mm-hmm. I do, but where they have said, you know, it's no accident that yeah. this is USLW drops. This, yep, is, yep. You know, right. this is kind of what they were looking ahead to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that stuff's going to continue. This has obvious, obviously been in the works longer than, uh, this, this latest cluster that's happening yeah. with NWL, but, um, people, when the door opens, people <laughs> walk through <laughs> and, and people knew what was going on there right. since what, 2015, 2016. So, uh, whether they admit it or not. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's no accident that we're suddenly seeing these things kind of yeah. sprout up as as this other league uh, kind of combusts itself. Well, let's jump to from the, the second division to like the, the superstars here that are coming to Allianz Field on uh, October 26th for the friendly against South Korea. Uh, pretty much... All, yeah, all, all the the big stars are here. Anybody surprised with some of the names, or or some people that maybe should have been on here that you think aren't? I mean, there's there's a lot of the big names from from the past World Cup and all the big stars. We know it's going to be uh, Carly Lloyd's last match, right? Which is kind of a big deal there. Uh, I know Wes is bugging out because Rapino is on this list, and he has the master plan to get the shot of Rapino with the Rapino mural at the Black Heart, which. Please let that happen. That would be phenomenal. Um, anything else? I'll, I'll throw to you all. Um, I mean, I, I like that Andy Sullivan, um, you know, was getting a shot. So 
I think I think it should be a rotation not only of stars but also, um, you know, up and coming stars as well too. So, but I mean, it's 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 exciting, you know. It's, um, I think we went to the last time we had the friendlies here. That was a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, but it's nice to be able to get to 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 have that happen again, and hopefully, um, people that do go and attend um, will be. We'll be happy with the re- with the result of the exhibition, and I, I think more than anything, I'm like I hope, uh, I hope um, is it is it South Korea right South Korea that, um, that um you know they get paid well, <laughs> so they can fund their fund their team. So that's the way I look at these. It's like it's like it's like if you're gonna beat me thirteen nothing, they get paid a heck of a lot better than the South American women's yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So. Cool. Um, to the Gopher women, uh, they had a great win recently. They they lost their previous match. It's it's we've talked about them before. It's up and down, up and down, kind of this season. But they hosted Illinois on Thursday the fifteenth, and just smoked them five nil is your final score with just some amazing goals. Like I went through some of those highlights. I mean, there were some wow. Uh, I believe it was the third goal, the angle that uh, the player gets. I can't remember all the names and all the scores, but just a sick, sick goal from a ridiculous angle. And um, I, know, I know there was one player as well. I think a freshman, if I'm not mistaken, scored like maybe her first appearance even. It was it was a route. So good on them. Um, I got the standings up here as well. So I'm, I'm not super – this, this is much more Matt's territory than mine. But uh, apparently if you're in the top – I guess it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like the top eight or nine – because right now it's a three-way tie between Penn State, Iowa, and Minnesota. Um, that gets you in for the tournament, for the Big Ten tournament. Um, so they're qualified, even though they're kind of at the, the bottom or bottom middle-ish part of the table right now. They're in for the tournament. So if, if they make a push, they have two matches left. Um, whatever happens there, hopefully they, you know, this is where they get their momentum and they can kind of move up a little bit in the table. But regardless, they're going to the, to the tournament. So that's cool which will be on October 31st. They've been so much fun to follow and watch like this season. It's like, you know, like I've been talking to other people and be like, you know, you know, next fall, I'm just, you know, I'm going to buy, go for a season tickets for soccer and just like go out and have a good blast and, and have a good time. And so, no, they're 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 doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're have they're they're having fun. It just look like they're having fun out there, and that's something that you always like watching on the field. And I think Robbie is 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 a good field. It's got that small, um, small field feel to it, and I think that's great. Like I think it's great for it makes it intimate, but it also makes it really fun to be at. You know, like it reminds you of like being at Messi and some sort of things, and just so that really is something that. That and it's great, so. it's good to see with with the new coach on that you know this culture has continued because Steph Golan has built a fantastic culture and identity within that team, mm-hmm. uh, and to see Chastain take over and and just continue that on, and I think she's brought a, brought some some new liveliness to their game, uh, and they're all I mean every single player is contributing on a on a consistent basis so. Testament to her, testament to the players and their scouting. Um, but yeah, they're they're putting in the work and, and having fun with it. So it's fun to watch. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated as, as things move. Uh, again, two more matches, then into the tournament, and then I guess from there, uh, the national situation. By the way, Rutgers uh, is, I think, the best team in the entire country right now. They're undefeated at 7-0. and So they're kind of running away with things. Um, Let's go to Minnesota United yesterday, and we can do a little MLS wrap after that as well. So they went to Austin to play uh, Austin FC there, the new team, and come away with a win. Not a super impressive win, but a win, 1-0. We got uh, Boxall and Metanier back in the back line. Um, kept the Alonso and Dotson midfield, and then the three up front, and who knew, kind of similar to the last one. But having the, the back line kind of sort of back to normal with those two that I mentioned seem to 
make a pretty big difference. I mean, compared to Colorado and I don't know, it's just something the way Boxall is almost like a second coach, right? He's back there organizing and screaming and yelling. And I think when his presence is gone, things, as we tend to see, they just don't hold so well. <laughs> um, where should we start here? Let's, let's just jump to the goal because the goal was great. Um, 15th minute, I, I, I got into it like right before this happened. Um, so who, let me ask you guys, because I missed the, sh the, the initial shot that sets this thing up. Who, who shot that ball? I think it was Ray, right? I think it was Ray. Was it? And shot and then it recruit and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it, yep. Pragapane. Or no, Dotson rather. Dotson it, recovers the shot. Yep. It went, it ricocheted left. Dotson mm -hmm. picks it up, crosses yep. it over to the far post where Fraga was That's, standing. I yes. thought Dotson was going to put it in again, like, but he, I think he just, his he, touch, he his looked, touch wasn't, yeah. the, wasn't that great. So then like he realized as he was turning, trying to get up in space that he could just totally turn. And so he totally turned it and then he just like low ball crossed it. And then, then you have Fragapane who touches it first to go forward and then beats um, our favorite Harry Potter keeper, you know, um, <laughs> uh, and there you did, go. There's one. So yeah. Did, did he toe ball that thing? It kind of looked like a toe ball. He he told it at the end, I think. Yeah. 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 It was a good goal. Goal. Those finally go in because we've seen quite a few of those where it just turns into like pinball game inside of the box. Right. Or, or it'll hit the <laughs> post and then bounce back out or something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. So I, I expected that to be kind of a mess. I saw it going differently. Um, yeah. To to have the heads up play there where it looks. I mean, from Praga's angle, it had to look uh, like it would be a maybe a wasted shot, but mm -hmm. he stayed on it, pressed right up, so he snuck in right behind Stuber and was right yep. there, ready to go. So, yeah, Great yeah, goal. good stuff. Um, I mean, he's tiny we, too, you know, so that's probably he why is, he is small. <laughs> like, yay, tiny guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I just enjoyed getting getting goals in the first 15 minutes, which is kind of starting to become a thing. Uh, just making sure you can close it out, which, you know, so 1-0 halftime feeling pretty good. But Miller was busy. Even in the first half, there were a number of, of saves. And, um, you know, like what can you say about the Austin offense? Not not the greatest. And I'm just glad they can't shoot. That That's that's kind of where I was headed. <laughs> and when they do shoot well on target, it's right into – Miller's hands. Right, right. Or, yeah. If they had wide, yeah. I mean better targets. He they still made him work though. So this is kind of where I'm going. And in the second half, um, you can at least I could definitely feel momentum change. And I started to get a little nervous because especially right around the 70 something minute, this this is usually where you know Minnesota lets it go and the other team can feel it and they can, you know, smell the blood in the water as it as it were, and they go after Minnesota United. Um, cause I just have a whole bunch of saves here. 70th big Miller save. Um, I, I don't know. There, he was busy all of a sudden. And, and I just put in here, Minnesota bunkering too early. Um, once again, momentum shift. Uh, oh man, the 85th minute, there was a, there was this great opportunity again. You guys mentioned they can't shoot should have been a one V one with Tyler Miller and just shanks that thing. So bad. It was, it was so bad. Oh, um, we should mention the uh, uh, Ray stop being a baby yellow. No contact in the 59th minute. Where uh, Bridget, why don't you why don't you tell him? Because we were talking about this before we started. He's, <laughs> I, I, well, you, you just take it. What what does he do over and over? <laughs> well, he he was asking for VAR um, and was booked for excessive usage of the VAR signal. Um, but I mean, I, I understand him asking. I don't understand him not just leaving the fourth official alone and going back to the game. Um, he, was, he was like chasing the line judge. Doing yeah, the fear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. In the replays that I saw, he's uh, the defender kind of takes a swipe at him and, and does one extra kind of elbow towards the face. And he did, he went down a, a little bit more. Um, dramatically than was required and was down for a while uh right. we will refer to that in this podcast as always as the argentinian fall that's just <laughs> come ball, come ball <laughs> yeah 
that was yeah, the... but like I can I can see the the request for VAR because right. I mean, considering he he was the target the entire game right. from yeah. like the forty fifth second inside of three minutes. I think I had him down. He got fouled. Yep, down mm-hmm. hard like four times. So you know, if you're the target the entire game and they're calling some but not calling others, he did get the benefit of the doubt for you know in the first half for for much of it. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not him just falling dramatically. It's him being fouled, you know, once you've been fouled 50 times in a single yeah. game, frustration. Be like, you know what? Hey, let's, let's actually take a look at this one and see what's going on. He was uh, even getting chopped up on that goal that he kind of set up when, with that shot. Cause I remember he yeah. brought it in and just like, I remember at least two or three other players hacking at his heels. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think, um, I think this game was just um, like this game was one of those like you just go out there and get three points any way possible because it was it was frustrating to watch in instances where like Austin looked good in the sense of creating opportunities but not finishing. So like if I was um, um, uh, Mr. All right, all right, all right, I'd be like, this is the game I would have brought like investors. He's like, look, see. We're an expansion team, and we're 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 creating offense. Look at you us! Know? Look at us! That, that's this I mean, would have been the game I would have brought them to because like, yeah, Minnesota was making it too easy. Out of, what they made out of every single one of those turnovers would have been fantastic if not for shanking the ball at the other end of yeah. the field. Right, and that's the thing but too. They is like, that's, exactly, they knew exactly how to pick those up. Yep, and they knew well, how maybe. to penetrate, penetrate our. I mean, like, there's I don't I after five times i just stopped counting how many times the ball went from just deep penetrating passes like bypassing at midfield so much like you're like you're like where's where's Ozzy? where's dotson like they're not running they're not moving they're like just like they're just always out of place and that was the frustrating part for me it was just that you know like you should beat this team right this is the bottom of the table team you should beat them right and and it was tough. I mean, if just look at look at um, if you were to look at you know like, um, let's look at saves, right? I mean, like, um, Miller had eight saves, right? We had, um, I believe, thirty-two clearances. <laughs> thirty-two. Yeah, I mean, th- their problem certainly was not getting into the final third. They they had that on lock. They they were perfectly fine doing that. Um, in large part because of the uh, Loon's midfield, um, specifically. Right. I mean, Alonso and uh, I think Debassi missed a few as well. Mm. Um, yeah. It's just like they, they, the Austin took 19 shots. We took 12. Yeah. I mean, you're, I like, mean, you're looking t- at it. And like 10 of those were in the first 20 minutes. Exactly. It's like if McConaughey goes down to uh, Goiania, he could throw some money around, go out to sports your club and bring back. The uh, jailhouse rock himself, Elvis, Elvis, who's scoring tons of goals down there right now. And, you know, get somebody like that on that team, they'd probably light it up. Um, nine, yeah, that's, um, how's that working for, for FC Cincy, right? You know, you bring in a young, <laughs> a young Brazilian player, pay him $10 million. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's kind of doing his job. He's still scoring goals. It's just the defense can't do anything to prevent goals being scored against. <laughs> he'll score one other team puts up four doesn't really work (laughs) um finley had a great uh, moment too uh, towards the end there just completely torched a guy did did the little runaround move it was beautiful to watch um and laid it off to fragapani that kind of whiffed the conversion there but that would have been a nice one to seal the deal it was oh it was a sweet move i love that watching that in live we got to talk about the metanere meltdown spectacular in stoppage time 92nd minute we're still not exactly sure what happened, I don't know but what happened. He was man. so mad and he was ready to take on about five Austin players. Like that's what the, thus the uh, final fight gift that I had to put on the on the Twitter because he was no, like, that, he was ready to go against everyone. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what the exchange was or what what it was, but it was one of those where like Metanier is usually a calm, reserved player on the field, and to him to lose it is like. To go all Hulk mode, it's just going to be like you're like you're like something had to be said or something had to happen. 
Or, you know, he's really good at the theatrics and he's like, hey, let me waste 30 seconds by just I mean, yelling at everybody. They, they needed to kill a little bit of time. Uh, and that sure did. Mm -hmm. I don't think he expected everybody to get into it. I mean, it's it's Ozzy who draws the yellow. In that That's amazing. Change. Yeah. <laughs> because because everyone else finally like backs off and he starts following the ref around. Ozzy's like, trying to keep the peace and like, what <laughs> me? Come on. <laughs> yep. But that's the okay. thing too is like I think what was interesting is how Pochettino was really dangerous for for them. Cecilio, I hate them. I don't know. The hate is the strong word. I dislike Cecilio. Like I Dominguez, like it's just I don't know. Like there's something about about him that makes me think like he's just not. I don't know. I just don't dislike him. So anytime he touches the ball, I I you know. I'm happy when he doesn't score or happy when he just screws up or like totally like, you know, skies the ball when he shouldn't have. But um, overall, like I, I Pochettino like proves that he's once he gets it down more, he's going to be extremely dangerous because I don't know how many times the um, we just kept on giving him shots at the at the 18 and the 20 yard line and then they just let them blank, blank, without being tested. And that was the things that are scary. But at the same time, you uh, Pochettino also played with Fragapane and Talleres, and so like it was that's really interesting. That's uh, that's that was a really interesting thing for them being together in a sense, but on opposite teams. But like right. watching both of them, and Fragapane had a had a decent game. I thought, you know, he I did. just just did not know how this um, how this pairing of Alonso and Dotson would work in the midfield, and it and it showed that it it did not really function the way it should have been, right? The, and the last two minutes in stoppage time, to your point about with Pochettino, he gets off one of those shots, and I remember who took the second one, but I got very nervous those last, not even that, maybe it was like a minute and a half because Tyler Miller had two big saves that could have been like the, at, at the very least, the tying goal and maybe even a tie and a win with, within, that would have been, I don't even want to go there. Didn't happen, but it was, it was nerve-wracking is all I'm going to say, especially after the Colorado game. Um, so yeah, so there it is. One nil's your final. Not the most exciting, except for the Hulk Metinair moment. That was pretty awesome. Um, it was it was an anxiety driven. This game was like so anxiety driven. Like it was like <laughs> I was like I was like, why does it feel that we won, but yet I feel like we should have lost, right? Mm -hmm. like, That's what I put in here. Rough second half. Uh, lucky to survive against the worst team. <laughs> right, right. And then, but but a win is a win. Points is points. So win like, is win. Yes. And three points puts us right now still in seventh place because I think LA Galaxy, right? Yeah. One. Let's talk about it. So we've got Philadelphia on Wednesday and LAFC on Saturday. And LAFC wins three to one against San Jose. Uh, Galaxy also won two to one against Portland. Um, what else is, is of note here? Seattle actually lost to Houston. Kind of amazing. Salt Lake. They win three to one against Colorado. The Colorado that smoked this man down somehow Salt Lake beats them three to one. Um, so things kind of move a little bit. The, I, the biggest thing here is Salt Lake jumping to fifth. Um, everything else is pretty much the same, but it's super tight still, right? After, after Portland, Salt Lake at forty-two, LA Galaxy also forty-two goal, goal differential, and then Minnesota forty-one and LAFC and both. LAFC in Vancouver at 37. Right. And that's the scary yeah. part right there. Like we can afford to maybe lose one more game. Um, but like if LAFC starts kicking it in gear yep. or Vancouver, we're, we're, we're screwed. Literally. Like it's, all they have to do is win two games and that's lose one. And then we're back in eighth. It's so tight. Um, one, two, three, four, five, five matches left. Yep. So yes, can Minnesota United afford to lose a game? Probably, right? But it's going to be very hard, um, you know. But we also have an easier. I think we have an easier schedule compared to the other two, Vancouver and 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 LAFC. So things are. I gotta in be our honest, favor. man. The Vancouver scares me right now. Vancouver away. I don't like that at all. I don't know. I mean, as long as we keep racking up points as it is, and as long as people are content with sliding into the playoffs this year, then well, yay. that brings up this question I put in here. I'm gonna throw this to you too. Is it better to get into playoffs as the last seed in the seventh seed and likely face SKC and probably get blown away in that first round, or fail, miss the playoffs, 
and then maybe possibly fingers crossed actually have some kind of a action new coach clean slate start over for next season kind of thing well while eric is dreaming i said maybe (laughs) i know it's a very strong maybe but right well eric is dreaming i would also like to have the winning lottery numbers of the powerball so please whoever is in 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 eric's dreamland please let us know what those are so we we could do stuff right yeah that's that i'm sorry it's that that's not gonna happen like even if we miss the playoffs i just don't see them firing him unless I, i think the only way that there would be a change would be if we had landed like in last place going from uh going from playoff contention last season to last place is probably the the straw that you're looking for um i mean it's there's going to be no advantage whatsoever to missing uh because things aren't going to change um players will continue to be thrown under the bus and nothing will be done uh just getting to the playoffs I think would be a boost uh, for the players, even if it turns into, you know, a replay of, of last year where you kind of crash out uh, yeah. even a bit earlier than last year and against one of the, you know, perennial teams right. uh, that we get stuck with. Oh, it hurts my right. brain. Right. I mean, I mean, so if you're Seattle or SKC, you're like, we want this to happen. Like we want to yeah. play Minnesota United. Like yeah. SKC wants wants vengeance from last year, right? Being embarrassed, you know, they want that. And Seattle's just like, oh look, we're playing them. That's another four zero. Let's go, right? I mean, it, it could be Colorado too. They're only one point away. It could be <laughs> Colorado, and Colorado's like, hey, we beat this. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know what? We'll show up with five and see what happens. He's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get a red card early and uh, yeah. Let's so be like, hey, Colin, Colin, Warner, Warner, punch somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes into it, just punch somebody. This is your time. This is your time. Uh, amazing. Take it for the team. Oh, it hurts my brain so much. One, I mean, one, uh, one last thing about Austin. Yeah. It's like, uh, and specifically our midfield, because our midfield was our issue. Um, right. How much do you miss Wilt Trap? Yeah. A lot. It really, yeah, these last couple of games have really shown. I I mean, I wasn't crazy about him beginning of the season, but he was fairly quiet, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. We don't talk about guys that often, especially in that end of the, in, end of the field. Um, that's usually a good thing. Uh, but yeah, seeing, seeing how much he contributes to that without being uh, a guy like like Ozzy or um, Boxy, where it's more like subtle changes. Um, yeah, it's huge. And hopefully, hopefully things are things are good this week, and he's able to to rejoin the squad. Um, I know he was listed as a family issue uh, for this weekend, but hopefully he'll be back on Wednesday and and uh, be ready to kind of reorchestrate that midfield and. Yes. And not have the turnovers this week. Right. Oh yep. my gosh, the turnovers. It was really bad. Said, it was bad. Really bad. It was really bad. Yes. It's like, that, that's, I, I, that's I love bad. Dotson, but he's just these last couple of games. It's like he's his, his game is not there. Like, well, both of them. I mean, Ozzy, Ozzy was pretty inaccurate on a yep. lot of stuff mm-hmm. on this match too. And so, and so, like I was glad for Dotson when he when he was able to get that uh, assist for his morale and his boost, but it was just one of those where like. He just it just wasn't it for him. And I and, and I feel bad in a sense because this guy has played literally every position except for goalie uh for this club and all in inconsistent bases. So like just That's, I just I like was, the guy you have I, I still cut him a little bit of slack because he never plays the same position two games in a row. Um, right. sure he should be better and if he's gonna be that utility guy, he needs to be better when he's tossed into those situations. Um, but I mean, you've also, you also have to work with the people around you, uh, and a player in his position is only going to be as good as, you know, the guy ahead of him right, and the, the guy. Yep. 
So he he created a lot of really good moments. I think he was better this game than he was last game that we saw. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that. He's he kind of settled in to to that spot a little bit, uh, and I think having having Lude back on the right with him, uh, having Metinair behind them, I think that all helped. Uh, but yeah, the I mean, the guys never played you know the same game uh, or the same position two games in a row. Yeah. Well, still in it, and uh, whew, it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a very tight race, and we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, let's uh, take a break. Hop to internationals. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Uh, we've got some internationals to move on to here following the international break and, uh, you know, Nations League and CONCACAF and all of the other abbreviations um, so many abbreviations and excessive tournaments and stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah so in order in order and we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> screw the rest of the leagues there's just so many I, yeah nations league france beats spain two to one great i don't even know what it means but it just great. means uh it Good just means a, a colonizer wins right that's what it means that's right? pretty much it yes <laughs> um on the other side of the non-colonizers in the uh, African uh, Confederation going for qualification, uh, Madagascar played the Demo- Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, and our buddy Metiner was on the team there, and they actually got a win. This is their first qualification win, 1-0. Uh, I think Congo is actually leading this group. Um, it's going to be very difficult still for Madagascar to get through, but at the very least, they don't have a big zero in terms of their points right, right now. Um, so good on them. Got to win. So when you, when you, um, do you know what the DR for Congo stands for? Democratic Republic. Democratic Republic. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Which I just, if, if you dig a little bit in the history, since that name has changed, there's very, very little democratic yeah, or republic say, about it. <laughs> there's a lot of really bad stuff. First time I saw it, I want to say Dr. Congo, but you know, that was the, um, there's no period after the R, but you know, like, I'll be like, that, that's a really like. If there's like a fifth division team out there, it should just be named Doctor Something, and I think that would be a great name. <laughs> let's um, talk. Uh, let's talk Concacaf. So about a week ago today, we don't have to spend too much time on it. It's, it's been played out. Uh, but the big narrative here: U.S. went down to Panama and got beat one nil. Um, from what I, all the stuff that I've heard in analysis, it was pretty ugly, pretty flat. Um, I don't know. You you all can chime in if you like as well, but. I just heard it was a, a pretty, pretty bad game. Like nobody was there to play. And that will happen, right? I mean, that's what qualifying is about. It's like, it's like you go there, you go to places that you, people don't want you to be at. And, you know, and, and I think it was, a, I don't know who was it, but like um, eventually one, one of the Coca-Cola teams got fined because they used lasers and on the field for a qualifying game. I don't forget which team it is, but uh, probably we'll find out later on. Uh, but I mean, I, I they, yeah, they look flat. They didn't look. There, there was no sense of urgency, right? And I think you know when you switch when you, when you switch the the not only the the players in and you make substitutions in for what you're gonna do is like you you also have to take into account what um, what the team chemistry will be, right? And I think that's one of the things is like you you don't. But I I, don't, I just I don't get like maybe this is why like. Uh, uh, United States American fans are, are just like so one way to the other. It's like, I was like, it's a qualifier, like, you're gonna win or you're gonna lose, but you're still sitting in at least the top three spots. So, why are you worried about your qualifying as of right now? It's like, even if you lose, you're still up there. It's like, what, like, sure, the Burhalter do it, get it wrong against Panama, yeah, probably, but I think it's also on the players too. How many changes did he make? Wasn't it like six or seven? 
Yeah. That's a lot. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, that's that's one of the things you're like, yeah, it's just not going to work, you know, and 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 give it to Panama, Panama Press. Panama did the yeah. things that they're supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really be mad, but I just don't understand. Like if you if you have a head coach that's on the way to getting you to a World Cup qualification and probably one of the better scenarios, like if if we you know, we talked about how like if if Komebo eats CONCACAF and then everyone's qualifying like the United States might make it eighth or or ninth on the table. Right. You know, but, and who knows by then if we'll, we'll expand, but anyways, right. It's, it's, it's that it's like you are positioned to your own destiny. And so far you're doing it right. If you I lose the Panama, psychological, yeah, it's the psychological yeah, it element. Is, they, they missed out last yeah. time and all the other stuff. It's just pe- people are, are very nervous. And, and I understand why I get it. Right. But it's also, it's also about this, you know, like, um, what is this society now that we live in that it's, it's like this fast food society type of things. Like you want some, you want results now. Mm, like you don't I want see. them. You don't, you don't, you don't want them next week or you don't want them two months ago when a qualifier is going to be is like, you, you want it now. Like you want to win everything. You want to, you want to, you want to excel like from the beginning and, and all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that line, uh, Mexico also, they win against Honduras and Jamaica and Canada tie. Costa Rica wins over El Salvador, puts Mexico back up top. Um, so then let's, let's jump to this was the Wednesday match. Um, USA host Costa Rica, and they win two to one. So turn it around. Uh, Sergio Des gets a spectacular goal. Um, well, I should say Costa Rica start the thing off and score within like the first. Not they marked it at the minute, but I think it was like fifty seconds or something. Ouch. Um, but then after that, U.S. gets it together. Des scores a great goal, and then they force uh, an own goal on the Costa Rican keeper that kind of just smacks it the wrong way, and it, and it goes in. Right. Um, so, so they get it. So, um, what else are they going to add here? I didn't put um, in the rest of the table. Oh well. Go ahead. No, I was just thought that this was, you know, like I, 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 I enjoy watching Cabo play, and so like it was nice to watch him. Almost like he was literally, he's the guy that the, the Desco, he's the guy that jumped and tried to head the ball before it went into the ball, but not actually touching the ball and it still went in. <laughs> so, oh like, man. I, I was, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And then people were asking, Sorry, Frankie. And, yeah, people were asking us, like, why do you guys hate Francisco Cabo so much? I said, like, it's not that we hate, we just love, we just love playing against him. That's it. And any form and set, you know, anyone will which you were playing against them and and i mean the u.s did what they were supposed to do they won at home right and i think it was it was it was a good bounce back and i have to remind people this is a young team like i think the oldest player is like 23 or 24 maybe right it's extremely young team this young team is going to make mistakes this young team is going to have to learn to play with each other right we talk about consistency with Minnesota United. This has not been ha- not happened. I mean, we're playing without Reyna. We're playing without um, the major stars, right? Um, and that's part of what's going to be like. And they're getting results. So, like, why be yeah. so angry about about all the other stuff when you're getting results? It's like you know, it's like if you're not getting results, then yeah, then start getting mad. But still, I well, don't to your point about the young team and the chemistry. The one that is doing all the things you said is Canada right now, who look super dangerous um, and are very, very confident. The the Panama team that beat the U.S., they get absolutely trounced by Canada four to one. Um, they're fun to watch and they play with swagger. They play with yep. swagger. Um, I mean, just but, imagine having a Folsom Davies on your team. Tejan. Uh, T- and Tejan Buchanan. I mean, it's just like, you know, that's, that's like – Having one speedster on your team can change the World Cup, and we saw that in France. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, having two speedsters, dear Lord, it's like it's like Flash, and like um, what was the other Flash? It was not Flash Junior, but it was uh, uh, one of those. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not great on my DC, so that's all. Yeah, I, I you know I. <laughs> I, I had a, a bottle of uh, I saved a bottle of the uh, famous. Um, what is it? The tr- trouble, 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 or whatever it was. You know, mm. the beer that locked me on my butt, and I drank a lot of that last <laughs> night, nice. plus whiskey. So, yeah, my my DC. No wonder you didn't know what day it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. 
Um, I literally don't know what day it is still. During this qualifying round, also Mexico and El Salvador played in. Mexico wins, but the the narrative is both teams get red cards. So like the last 20 minutes, they were both playing 10 v 10, which is just awesome. Love to see it. (laughs) Very, very conca coffee. Um, The table, I don't think the table really changed. So Mexico gets up a little bit more with, with 14. U.S. is at two with 11, right behind them, Canada 10. And then Panama would be in the playoff spot right now with eight. So that's kind of where things are at. And then after that, it's Costa Rica, Jamaica, El Salvador. So we still have, I think Mexico is the next match, if I'm not mistaken, right? So that'll be a good one. That should be fun because Mexico has not been convincing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm so that should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it'll be next month in November, but yeah, they got, they got Mexico. Is it, is it at Mexico here? Okay. I was going to say here. I think they're playing. I can't remember where they're playing, but yeah. Will we get the EPO players for that game? Mm, Not sure. Not sure. Well, let's, let's go to Conmebol because there's been some fun stuff here. Maybe not so much for Rodrigo in Peru, but, um, the narrative there is, is these, these two, uh, qualifying rounds, uh, that have happened is is kind of the resurgence of Bolivia. So, sorry, buddy. Bolivia beats Peru 1-0 in the first round. And then in the second round, they play Paraguay and smoke them 4-0, Bolivia. Yeah. So, with that, all of a sudden, uh, I mean, some other scores of note, uh, Argentina and Uruguay had the, uh, the Rio de la Plata derby or whatever, and Argentina just took care of it 3-0. Uruguay's kind of in a rough run right now. Um, Brazil then beat them down as well, four to one in the following round. So they're just they're just having a tough one right now. Yeah, and Chile, we've Chile talked about beat it. Paraguay too. So but, then, yep, yeah. yeah, Paraguay's been slipping as well. So with th- those teams slipping and Bolivia putting up six points, all of a sudden they were they were the lanterna. They were the very bottom of the table. They are now up to seventh. So you've got if you start with Ecuador because we we know Brazil and Argentina are, are through. Uh, Ecuador at seventeen, Colombia at sixteen and fourth. Uruguay also at 16 and fifth, Chile at 13. And now here's resurgent Bolivia coming in at 12, then Paraguay 12, Peru 11, and Venezuela 7. So, man, things are getting interesting. I, I would, would not have predicted Bolivia just, like, jumping like that. Also, too, is Peru lost an opportunity to pick up some points in Argentina. It was a, They played a good game, and they weren't able to put away their chances. And, again, we're not able to put away a penalty kick that would have tied it 1-1. And... You know, so is it, is it over? No, but it's getting tougher and tougher to be able to get into that. Uh, but I'm I'm happy for Bolivia. I wanted I wanted the Copa America to be in Bolivia when they were sharing around, just because it, Bolivia doesn't get all the limelight that it deserves, right? And I think True. Bolivia is now finally healthy, so they're doing the things that 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 they can do. So if we get Bolivia gonna... in a World Cup, I would not be mad. That's what I was actually going to take a look at really quick. And I was going to see who, hold on one sec, who they've got coming up here. Because you know, the last time Bolivia was in the World Cup, right? It's been a while. Was it, I mean, 94, maybe? Yep. That's yeah. the last time. You know who was on that squad? Uh, it was the Cabeludo. I can't remember what is that? Uh, Marco Echeverria. El Diablo Echeverri. There you go, Echeverri. That's the one. He was probably the one of the best players in MLS history and in DC United history. So, so, so once again, but it's, it's going to be Peru, Bolivia as the next one. Right. Um, and then they've got Uruguay and Venezuela. So from there, I mean, they could so do it. Venezuela. It's a winnable game for them. So who knows? It's very yeah. tight. Definitely. Right. right. Um, I'm not trying going... to throw my, 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 uh, my manager <laughs> under, under the, the bus. bus. <laughs> right i'm not doing that you know or or i'm panicking because we lost one nothing and we couldn't put away oh, oh i'm not you know i'm not on twitter you know telling people that certain coaches are bad and they don't know what they're doing yeah it's crunch time though who's who's peru got let me take a look really quick so peru obviously bolivia then venezuela then colombia which those two games are winnable mm-hmm. colombia is always a give and go you don't know what's going to happen, but um, they could, they should win those two games. And then it, and then it becomes again, it tight again. Right? Yep. yep. We will pay attention. It's going to be fun. 
Um, back to the uh, African Confederation and qualifying, Burkina Faso over Djibouti, 2-0. And I, I put this one in here mostly because I'm not, I'm not sure a lot of people know this. I, for one, was not aware until I saw the table. Burkina Faso are actually winning their group. They are the leading Group A right now. So not that it's guaranteed, but strong probability that they might be going through. Um, here's a question for you, Rodrigo and Bridget, in, in terms of what you just asked about Bolivia the last time. Has Burkina Faso ever been in a World Cup? I don't think so. I doubt it. So that'd be kind of cool. It'd be their first time ever. You can let us know, listeners. Let's do some EPL really quick to kind of wrap things up here. Bridget, my goodness. Yesterday, Liverpool play Watford. And Roberto Firmino just decides to, like, Firmino everywhere. Gets the hat trick. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I have only caught highlights. I decided to uh, actually sleep yesterday morning. Um, but, yeah, Firmino's finally uh, back in form. Just tore it up like it was a, uh, like it was a training ground exercise. Um between that and then Mosala's goal, super. That was a beautiful angle. goal. Yes. Oh what a God. goal! That was insane. That's that's the one that I woke up to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's proving that he is he is the guy. Uh, one of the interviews after the match, somebody somebody asked Jurgen Klopp about um, Messi. Like who's who's better, Salah or Messi? And Klopp said, "Well, without a doubt, it's going to be Salah. I I see him every day. I've seen his quality every single day, every every time in training. Um, and he's had a couple of slow seasons, but this is sixth game in a row that he has scored in. Um, and to see him and Firmino teaming up and and making those goals happen is." Uh, it's exciting after kind of a letdown of a season um, to just watching them is fun again, no matter what happens. Yep. Yep. They are currently number one, I believe, uh, depending on what happens today. Let's see, I'll take a quick look here. Uh, Looks like Chelsea jumped by a point. So Chelsea, number one, Liverpool two. There you go. Um, let's see. Oh, I want to mention Leicester very quickly. So they beat Manchester United four to two to your tight angle point. Did you guys see that Telemann goal from the guy from Leicester? No. Ridiculous. Absolutely worth going back to find. Cause again, it, it's one of those where I, I can't even explain it. You just have to watch it. Just a, a beautiful, beautiful mathematical geometric phenomenon type of goal. It was one of those that it, even the keeper, I think the keeper actually applauded him. Like he, he, he watched it go and he's just like, you know what? Good. Good for you. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um, yeah. There you go. Rodrigo, you want to talk some Newcastle? What's going on, buddy? They're um, playing right now, right? They're losing three to one. Okay. But they did score the first goal. There it is. And... They also stopped time around the 40th time, 40th minute to identify that there was to the referee that there was a fan that was in the rest and hurt. That's actually really good. Good on them. So that's awesome. But yeah, currently we sit at 19th. So <laughs> uh, I just want 17th place. That's all I want. And I also, you know, we, I don't know. It's, it's, it's depressing being a, a Newcastle fan, but at least I have something to be depressed about in the EPL. So, well, you got got all that uh, that oil money flowing pretty soon, bud. It's gonna change things. See what happens. Ricardo Pepe, here he comes. Um, ending on good news. We want to keep our good news. Saint Pauli won again. They are still at the top of uh, Bundesliga Zwei, four to two over uh, Heidenheim. So, man, they are keeping it moving, which is great, and. The other, I put in Forest Green in here, too. They're a fun team to watch. They're in the, I believe it's the fourth division, League Two. Is that right, Bridget? You you know it better than I do. I've, the English system is doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> League, and, and, League Two means four, so I think. <laughs> yeah. 
something like that. There's there's this great scene. I don't know where you guys are on your Ted Lasso, but when he finds out that the the championship is the second division, he's like, "Why would you want to play? Why wouldn't you want to play in the championship? It's the championship." I'm just like, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they they're in League Two, and they've been doing some really cool stuff. Uh, notably, they're playing very well. They're leading. They're number one in League League Two. So hopefully they've been get promoted to league one, which would be the third division. Keep moving up. But they, um, this is the team that is all sustainable, all, uh, all vegan meals. They're, they're trying to build a stadium of wood and all recyclables. Um, and anyway, they've been putting out um, carbon, carbon emission statistics during the matches. Like they, you know, you know how they do like the, holographic uh, advertisements and stuff like that on the pitches like, like they do that but they're like really you know informative things like this is this is where we are with carbons in in at this day and where we hope to be and da 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 so they're just a fun team a very unique take on uh, on what football and kind of the football culture can be with a with an extreme environmental kind of kind of slant and I, I was attracted to them mostly for the, the vegan stuff, but then learning all this other stuff has just been a bonus over the past, whatever it's been, two or three years. So if they keep moving up too, that's, that's also cool. Cause Oh, by the way, they're, they're good at the football. Yeah. <laughs> and another good news. I was uh, during the game. They did um, a highlights preview or tribute to the mayor's cup in the Austin game. And it was, uh, yeah. it was, it was great for a lot of the kids to to watch and i love watching my my pink haired isa jump up and joy and and to be able to relive that moment that was we uh, saw her yes i remember we we pointed yeah yeah she got a she got a great shot on the on the regular broadcast that was dope yeah so happy for that hopefully that comes back around you know i'll hold Durkey to his promise on his tweet so we'll see how that works (laughs) right on Uh, anything else friends all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, two matches this week, Wednesday and Saturday, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some drama at some point. That we'll cover next week. But uh, thank you, Rodrigo and Bridget, as always. Thank you, listeners. We got the Patreon.com/backslash and then football shows up there as well. I've been putting up some little uh, some snippets and, and outtakes and things, and up for suggestions of whatever else you all want. Just uh, let us know via the socials or or Patreon or whatever. And uh, yeah, Whew. we'll keep doing the thing. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> bada boom. Right on. Bye-bye. Right, bye bye. Bye.